Part 1. True Hackers. Cambridge, the 50s and 60s. Chapter 1. The Tech Model Railroad Club. Just why Peter Sampson was wandering around in Building 26 in the middle of the night is a matter that he would find difficult to explain. Some things are not spoken. If you were like the people whom Peter Sampson was coming to know and befriend in this, his freshman year at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in the winter of 1958-59, to no explanation would be required. Wandering around the labyrinth of laboratories and storerooms, searching for the secrets of telephone switching in machine rooms, tracing paths of wires or relays in subterranean steam tunnels, for some, it was common behavior and there was no need to justify the impulse when confronted with a closed door with an unbearably intriguing noise behind it, to open the door uninvited. And then, if there was no one to physically bar access to whatever was making that intriguing noise, to touch the machine, start flicking switches and noting responses, and eventually to loosen a screw, unhook a template, jiggle some diodes, and tweak a few connections. Peter Sampson and his friends had grown up with a specific relationship to the world, wherein things had meaning only if you found out how they worked. And how would you go about that if not by getting your hands on them? It was in the basement of Building 26 that Sampson and his friends discovered the EAM room. Building 26 was a long glass and steel structure, one of MIT's newer buildings contrasting with the venerable pillared structures that fronted the Institute on Massachusetts Avenue. In the basement of this building, void of personality, the EAM room, Electronic Accounting Machinery, a room that housed machines that ran like computers. Not many people in 1959 had even seen a computer, let alone touched one. Samson, a wiry, curly-haired redhead with a way of extending his vowels so that it would seem he was racing through lists of possible meanings of statements in mid-word, had viewed computers on his visits to MIT from his hometown of Lowell, Massachusetts, less than 30 miles from campus. This made him a Cambridge urchin, one of dozens of science-crazy high schoolers in the region who were drawn, as if by gravitational pull, to the Cambridge campus. He had even tried to rig up his own computer with discarded parts of old pinball machines. They were the best source of logic elements he could find. Logic elements. The term seems to encapsulate what drew Peter Sampson, son of a mill machinery repairman, to electronics. The subject made sense. When you grow up with an insatiable curiosity as to how things work, the delight you find upon discovering something as elegant as circuit logic, where all connections have to complete their loops, is profoundly thrilling. Peter Sampson, who early on appreciated the mathematical simplicity of these things, could recall seeing a television show on Boston's public TV channel, WGBH, which gave a rudimentary introduction to programming a computer in its own language. It fired his imagination. To Peter Sampson, A computer was surely like Aladdin's lamp. Rub it, and it would do your bidding. So he tried to learn more about the field, built machines of his own, 
entered science project competitions and contests, and went to the place that people of his ilk aspired to, MIT, the repository of the very brightest of those weird high school kids with owl-like glasses and underdeveloped pectorals who dazzled math teachers and flunked P.E., who dreamed not of scoring on prom night, but of getting to the finals of the General Electric Science Fair competition.